Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are getting into day seven of Jaguars training camp practice, full pads for the second straight day. A lot of fun out there. We'll take a look at everything that went down. I'd like to remind you to please subscribe and hit that notification bell so you do not miss a show on here. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. We are live here, so go ahead and chime in in the chat if you'd like to. Irish Jags fan checks in. What's up, Jordan? What's up? Happy that you're here. Appreciate you tuning in. Again, follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag, for all the updates throughout training camp practice. So we had a heck of a day today in day seven. Um, The Jaguars were off on Friday. They went into shells, which is um, shoulder pads and helmets on Saturday, full pads on Sunday, full pads today. So you're now really starting to get into real training camp football, you know, real hitting, all the fun stuff. It's starting to look more like football than two-hand touch out there. John checks in. Yo, yo, Robert's checking in. Michael Ward, appreciate everyone for being here. So when you talk about uh, practice today, um, the defense, when you're looking at the team drills, the defense really started off hot. They were bringing a lot of exotic looks, some fancy pressure packages, and the offense just looked looked a little out of sorts to start this practice. And you're like, is this going to be another ugly one for the offense? But um, after Trayvon Walker batted a pass on the first team uh, team play, and then Josh Allen had a would-be sack, then you saw Dewan Smoot just kind of pancake Luke Fortner. Welcome to the NFL moment for Fortner. Um, you saw the offense rebound and and they looked really good throughout most of practice. There was a lot of red zone work. Trevor Lawrence finished 18 of 23 today by my count with seven touchdown passes, a lot of which came in that red zone period I was talking about between 11 on 11 and seven on seven. So he had a very accurate day. Um, the, the receivers were hauling in the passes. Um, yesterday, I think you saw three drops in the team portion of training camp drills, which was just far too much. Uh, pretty disappointing there. But the, the offense rebounded. The receivers rebounded. They didn't drop anything during the team portion of, of practice today. And so that was really impressive. You did have 
um, on one play where Josh Allen had a would-be sack, Trevor just launched it down the field, uh, and and Shaquille Griffin picked it off, which was his second interception of training camp. So you like to see that for him, a guy that struggled to hold on to the football last year when he got his opportunities to intercept passes. So you like to see that for Shaquille Griffin, who's a leader out there, and and he's making some plays. But other than that, the offense was pretty sharp. Uh, Trevor was sharp. Again, seven touchdown passes. Evan Ingram was the recipient of two of them, and both of his catches were fantastic in the end zone. The first one was uh, Andre Sisco draped all over him. He had to go above the rim and grab the pass and haul it in with with Cisco hitting him and, and making it difficult. And he did so. And then he also caught the last pass of team portion with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball, which was a touchdown in the back of the end zone. And he had to kind of go up and get that one as well and get both feet down. And he did that and made it look easy. So he had a really good day, a bounce back day after having a few practices in a row with dropped passes. He looked really clean and made two of the better catches you've seen all of camp, much less just today, much less just from him. Got some more folks checking in. Carl says defense getting after it today. Everyone seemed to be getting a sack. Yeah, Josh Allen had two would-be sacks. Trayvon Walker had a big uh, batted pass where he just eviscerated the offensive line. And, and yeah, Dewan Smoot got after Luke Fortner on that one play. John asked, was there any film on Luke's pancake? It was team portion of drills, so I don't think so. You're not really allowed to be filming out there at that point in practice. Uh, I doubt the team is going to show that one on the on the highlight reel, but they might. You never know. But yeah, big time play from Dewan Smoot, who a lot of people forget about. He's been mostly a starter the last couple years, but uh, now he's in a more rotational role, and I think that's going to really – really ramp up the Jaguars pass rush on third downs. You can have him rushing from the interior along with Arden key. I think that can be a lot of fun, but yeah, so the defense kind of uh, came out as the aggressors today. And then the offense really caught on and and caught fire throughout much of the day. Um, Trevor completed touchdowns. Like I said, to Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk had a couple touchdowns. Uh, Zay Jones had a touchdown. Um, Chris Manhurts. Christian Kirk had, yeah, two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns, actually. And then Snoop Connor also had a receiving touchdown. Travis Etienne got into the end zone uh, in red zone drills on a handoff, not a pass. So, yeah, the starting offense really had a good day today. Carl says you can catch a lot of the one-on-one stuff on Twitter. So that Luke Fortner pancake was not one-on-one. That was in team drills between Dewan Smoot and Luke Fortner. So I don't think you're going to see that one, but yeah, um, if you're looking for one-on-one stuff, a lot of, a lot of those clips were captured by Jamal St. Cyr of first coast news. So you can go follow him on Twitter. Uh, He had a lot of those, a lot of the one-on-ones. Um, Trevor Lawrence, very sharp. Like I said, ETN continues just to look incredibly explosive. And the one player 
who in space has done a good job of kind of chasing him to the sideline is Josh Allen. So I'm really blown away by Josh Allen's speed from, you know, the edge to the sideline, trying to keep up with, with Travis Etienne. He's done a really good job of it. But other than that, a lot of people have had a lot of struggles keeping up with Travis Etienne. Um, and Trayvon Walker, whether it's one-on-ones or in the team drills, he looks really good. He He's gotten better since the pads have come on. He's gotten better throughout. And uh, they're just keeping putting more on his plate, and he's taking it on and looking good. He was doing the one-on-one drills with the defensive line and the offensive line. And then midway through that, through that portion of, of practice, he went and started doing seven-on-seven work so he could drop. Uh, and show and work on his athleticism and his coverage ability. So I think, you know, that was pretty cool to see. There was a video, Iris Jags fan says, there was a video of Devon Hamilton bulldozing Fortner in one-on-ones. Yeah, Devon Hamilton and and Fortner had a couple good battles for sure. Uh, And uh, Devon ended up on the ground a little bit too much in one-on-ones too today, which was a little disappointing. But uh, that's a guy going into his third year now. And he was a third-round pick in 2020. You expect him to start being a big-time contributor this year. I was pretty high on him coming out of the draft. Debbie Lynn checks in, says, hi, everyone. Uh, Timmy Devil says, Ingram has been shaky, got the drops. He's, we're going to see those drops all season long. Well, you can say that, but then you look at his performance today, I think it shows you there will be ups and downs, likely. Um, Doug Peterson and... and and offensive coordinator Press Taylor have both kind of talked about how they're not worried about that from Evan Ingram, but they might just be trying to trying to be nice to the guy because it is concerning that he's had so many drops throughout his career, and then you see it kind of popping up here uh, in, in training camp, but then you see him today, and and he was arguably the the best player on the field today, one of the best players, making two incredible highlight reel grabs. You love to see it from Evan Ingram. So there's going to be some highs and lows, I think, from him throughout the season. I think that's fair to assume. Um, Snoop Connor continues to impress me, the rookie running back out of Ole Miss. Uh, James Robinson is still not doing the team stuff, but he is starting to do all the positional drills. If you go check out my Twitter, you can see him taking a handoff, cutting in multiple directions and looking good doing it. So that's good for him. He looks really close. Devin Lloyd looks close to being back as well. He has the hamstring. Uh, last week, Doug Peterson said he was day-to-day, so Devin should be back soon. He looks close. He's doing a lot of uh, agility drills and and getting on the ladder and stuff, so you like to see that because Devin Lloyd is going to be a starter day one. You want to see him getting these valuable reps. Receiver who continues to stand out for me that is – you know, has a uphill battle to make this roster is rookie Lawan Winningham. He's the lanky kid, 6'3", 6'4". I wouldn't say he has like a big frame, but he is long and and angular. And he just, every time he gets the opportunity to go make a grab, he does it. And that's something that not every receiver on this team can say. And so you you see him out there on, on the bags every day catching catching passes from the um, from the jugs machine and he's working hard and he's, he's looking good really. So 
if there's a receiver who has an outside shot of making the roster, you know, beyond the top six, which are Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault, um, Jamal Agnew, and Laquan Treadwell, I would say Lawan Winningham has really acquitted himself well and made that – he's going to make that a difficult decision. At the very least, I think you put him on the practice squad because he's really given it all he's got. So I mentioned how Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker were having a lot of success early on and throughout. Uh, Walker Little and Cam Robinson, they rebounded. I think they both played well throughout the practice. And when it got into time for one-on-ones – those battles between Walker Little and and uh, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen and then Cam Robinson with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Those were good battles. You you saw you saw them getting after each other, and I think it was pretty even when you look at that. When you look at the team portion, though, Josh Allen's been pretty unstoppable. He might he might be the best player on the field right now for the Jaguars. C says, Jordan coming in clutch with these updates. Appreciate you being here. Chase says, I'm 10 minutes in the past, but I'm here. <laughs> I'll hear this 10 minutes from now. All right. Glad you're here, Chase. Irish Jacks fan says, can't wait to see Winningham in the preseason games. Yeah. So that's going to be big. Uh, preseason Hall of Fame game is coming up this week on Thursday. The Jaguars will be playing the Raiders in Canton, Ohio. And I don't think you're going to see any starters. I wouldn't really be looking for many of the number twos to be playing all that much either. It's going to be the depth, real depth players down the depth chart competing for roster spots. And that's going to be good because that's who you need to see in preseason. Uh, But because the Jaguars will have their three preseason games after this and because they just got pads on, I just don't think you risk Trevor Lawrence and a lot of the big names that you're going to be relying on in this game. You will see them at some point in the preseason. I just don't think it should be this week. It's too soon, in my opinion. Uh, but we haven't gotten confirmation on that. I just, I kind of think that's the direction the Jaguars are going to go, though. All right. So, um, what do we have here? Speaking of some competition here, Gregory Jr., Monteric Brown, they were the sixth and seventh round picks, the cornerbacks. And then you also have uh, Benji Franklin, who's a cornerback, who's been making a lot of plays out there. When you look at the competition for the final cornerback spots, even though Gregory Jr. was drafted in the sixth round and, and, and Monteric Buster Brown was drafted in the seventh round, Brown has been significantly better, in my opinion. I think he's getting more reps with the second team. And at this point, I would have to say, if you had to make final cuts right now, that Gregory Jr., despite being a sixth-round pick, would probably be more of a practice squad candidate than a 53 roster candidate, honestly. Uh, He just has not been making many plays. Hard for him to get beyond the third team. They've kind of let him play some nickel a little bit on the inside to see what he has. So, yeah, Dustin checks in and says, do you have one player who would be a surprise cut? I think he would be a surprise cut based on the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round. He was drafted ahead of Buster Brown. He had a pretty good senior bowl. He's got the athleticism you look for. But he just hasn't been making plays. Um 
hasn't really done a great job sticking with these receivers. So he's going to have to play a lot in preseason and prove that he deserves to be on, on this roster. Cause at this point, I don't think he does. John says during the mock drafts, I was drafting Buster in the six with a late fifth round rating. Yeah, I think that's fair. Buster Brown this is a guy that played in the SEC for a long time, picked off five passes last year in the SEC, was locking down some of the best competition the, the country has to offer in college. He fell because he ran like a four five five, I think, 40-yard uh, dash and just isn't a great athlete, but he's a good enough athlete with his, physica- his physicality and his technique uh, to hold up, in my opinion, as a – at this point right now as a depth cornerback and potentially a guy who could carve out a role in the league. But yeah, even Benji Franklin, who is an undrafted free agent, he's he's made a lot of plays. He's getting a pra- pass breakup seemingly every practice. So he says that hat is fire. I appreciate it. Yeah, y'all can check it out. We are going to have these live on the site tomorrow probably, genjag.com. Uh, we'll have an announcement about that, of course, on all our social platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they will be available tomorrow morning is when they should be available, but we'll announce it. So if you guys like the hat, it'll be available in black and teal. We've got the teal one right here, actually. Check it out. It's beautiful. Nice dad hat with the clasp. One of my favorite designs. Love it. Shameless plug there. But yeah, y'all can check that out tomorrow. Robert says he was first team SEC was Buster Brown. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the best cornerbacks in the SEC last year, bottom line. Gerald says, got here late, but is the kicking game looking any better? Yeah, so this is something we haven't talked about on here because it happened over the weekend. I didn't do any shows over the weekend. Um, The Jaguars, they waived um, Andrew Meebus, who was the undrafted free agent who was really struggling. He was the one who accidentally hit Dave Campo in the head. Dave is okay. I have confirmed he's doing just fine. But uh, Mevis was wildly inaccurate, unfortunately, through the early part of camp. So the Jags waived him. They brought in Elliot Fry, who is wearing number 12, the same jersey number as Andrew Mevis. I'm not sure if it's the same jersey. I have not gotten to the bottom of that. But I will say, Ryan Santoso has been good enough i think accuracy wise when i think about really good kickers that you've seen in jacksonville josh lambo josh scoby mike hollis these guys were automatic in practice for the most part i don't think i certainly don't think santoso has been perfect he hasn't been he hasn't been like deadly accurate but he's made most of his kicks He's probably made 80% of his his kicks out there so far. So, you know, is that great? No. But is it going to be a major deficiency if you're making 80% of your kicks? Probably not. Uh, you, you would hope to have better than that. I think you want to have really above 85% to feel really comfortable. But we'll see. Timmy is, says, is Austin even getting third team reps. I think he's talking about um, Kevin Austin. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would say that Kevin Austin probably is has been on the third team. Yeah, the most he hasn't really been cracking the second team, and he just hasn't played as well as the rest of the the wide receivers that are competing for the back end of the roster. Jeff Cotton has played better. Willie Johnson is someone who I have not talked about on here who is consistently making catches, looking quick with the ball in his hands. So he's another guy out of Marshall that has stood out a little bit to me. Tim Jones hasn't been super active, but uh, you've seen a lot from him uh, throughout the spring. And so he he has some good rapport some good tape out there. Kevin Austin just simply doesn't. Um, The one time he was targeted today in team drills, the pass was a little low, but he should have caught it and he didn't. So it's not going super well for Kevin Austin, but I will say he is out there trying to improve. Um, he's, He's been on the jugs machine before practice every day. He's the first one on that machine trying to improve his hands, but He's got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. Someone asks if I saw the Matt Wright um, tweet about him getting it into the end zone on the kickoffs. I did see that. And for me, what I thought they would do is keep Matthew Wright around and bring in competition for him. But instead, they just decided to release Wright early in the offseason and then go after Santoso and Mevis. And and that's that's the direction they went in. Matthew Wright was a more accurate kicker than anyone we've seen so far at Jaguars camp. Elliot Fry has not been as good as Santoso has been. He's been a little better than Mevis was, I think, but Santoso is still the leader in the clubhouse pretty clearly. Dustin says, any chance the rookie class plays on Thursday? The class as a whole? I don't know. It's a good question because you want to get these guys opportunities. You want to get them looks in, in live settings against opponents that are not teammates but i'd have a hard time putting trayvon out there devin lloyd definitely won't play because he's still not practicing fully um muma i think you could see muma out there uh, i think you could see fortner maybe but he's fortner the jaguars won't announce that he's the starter but he's been taking all the starting reps with trevor lawrence uh at center so will they play him? I don't know. Um, who else you got in this rookie club? You'll definitely see Buster Brown and and Monter or Buster Brown and Gregory Jr. You'll definitely see all the undrafted free agents. I don't know about Trayvon and and Fortner though, and Devin Lloyd certainly won't play in that game. R says bring back Scobie. Yeah, if only, if only. Eric says, do the drops by receivers and tight ends make you worry? Seems like they've plagued with them no matter who we have. They have been worrisome so far, but what is encouraging to me was they didn't let that the last few days like bring them down today. They came out and they fought their asses off and they didn't drop anything in the team portion of practice. So I think you really like that. Uh, you really like Evan Ingram's ability to rebound and have his best day of practice and uh, Christian Kirk had a good day. Zay Jones had a good day. LaVisca wasn't very active. I don't know if he participated in team stuff today, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
you see the offense rebound the way they did today. Again, Trevor was 18 of 23 with seven touchdowns. Really big time day for him and for his receivers, bringing in everything that he gave them the opportunity to catch. But is it concerning? Yeah, like I don't think the Jaguars have a great group of receivers. Bottom line, I just don't. I don't think their receiving options are top 10 or top 15 in the NFL. I don't. Um, I do think the running game is going to be strong very early on with Travis Etienne. James Robinson's going to be back, I think, for the beginning of the regular season based on what we're seeing. Snoop Connor looks good, quick, explosive, more so than I even saw on tape at Ole Miss. He's really impressed me. Carlos says Cam has been looking really solid. He has. Cam's having a good camp. He is. And he's going up against Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen most reps. So he's doing a good job. They're, they're trading punches. Josh Allen's gotten his sacks. Trayvon Walker's gotten plenty of push and and been able to bat some passes at the line, but but Walker Little, Cam Robinson, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, they're all getting after each other, trading punches, and I think doing a good job. Wes says, will Snoop Connor play in the Hall of Fame game? I would think so. Um, if he didn't, I think you would just be looking at Mackie Sargent, Raquel Armstead, and Nathan Cottrell would be the only running backs playing in that situation. Timmy says, Eric, I like the picks. It means the defense is stepping it up. We need turnovers. Yeah, the defense, I think the defense is ahead of the offense right now. The offense did have a good bounce back day today, which is what you want to see. You have Doug Peterson, who's a great play caller. You have Trevor Lawrence, who has all the talent in the world. And there are enough pieces for them to be competent on that side of the ball in the passing game. Uh, The running game, I think, is going to be good early on, I think between ETN, Robinson, and Connor, and and having Brandon Scherf, who's an elite run blocker, Luke Fortner's a good run blocker, Tyler Shatley's a good run blocker, and Walker Little and Cam on the, uh, at, on the edges at tackle. I think you've got a really good run blocking group. The receivers are good run blockers, so I think the running game might be the key early on for this Jaguars, or Jaguars offense, and that can kind of open up the passing game. And yeah, Jawan Taylor's still not back. Um, he has a, is he, I think it was a hamstring, Doug Peterson said, um, yesterday or the day before. He still is not participating in practice. So you've seen Walker Little starting with the ones. And I think, I said this a couple of days ago, I, I'm not sure that it will be a competition which, once Jawan is back healthy because Walker has looked good. All right. Eric says, good point, Timmy Devil. I get that. That's what makes training camp so tough. If one side fails, that means the other side succeeds. Yeah, it is tough in that way. But I think today was the best practice I saw. I have seen all of training camp because it was the offense and the defense trading punches. It wasn't, oh, well, the defense won that play because the offense dropped the ball. They were both sides executing at a fairly high level and getting after each other. And you saw that today. There was a couple little skirmishes. You had Chris Claybrooks, who who brought a ball carrier down hard, and Badara Treor got up in his face. 
that got broken up really quickly. It was nothing to see there, really. But then you saw Zay Jones and Trey Herndon really getting after it, and several players kind of on both sides getting involved there. I had to kind of jump away. It was a little too close for comfort. Comfort. Um, so it was chippy, and I think you want to see chippy. You want to see offensive players sticking up for their guys. You want to see defensive players sticking up for their guys. And um, and you want to see both sides trading punches with quality play, not with like, oh, he dropped the ball. Oh, this defender slipped. No, you want to see both sides executing at a high level, and one side's just going to end up winning a certain play or a certain set of plays. And that's what you saw today. You really saw them trading punches at a high level. And I think it was the most encouraging practice of training camp so far, to be completely honest for, with you guys. C says bold prediction, Josh Allen wins defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year. All right. I like it. I'm assuming you're talking about the other Josh Allen when you talk about the offensive player of the year. But make no mistake about it, Josh Allen has said, the Jaguars' Josh Allen, the good Josh Allen, has said he wants to be the best defensive player in the NFL. Bottom line, best player in the NFL. I don't know if he's there yet, but he has been one of the more dominant players at camp. I mean, he's getting a sack seemingly every day in team drills. All right, let's get into some comments here. Omar says, backup quarterback that will stand out in the Hall of Fame game. Well, C.J. Beathard still is not taking on full team team reps, so I don't think he'll be playing in that game. So you're going to have Jake Luton and, and Kyle Slaughter, or Slaughter, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Those are going to be the quarterbacks you're probably going to see in the Hall of Fame game. And each of them have had some bright moments, but... Neither of them looks really consistent. So that could be not so much fun to watch on Thursday night, but we'll see how it plays out. Gerald says, if the receivers are going to drop the ball, they need to actually drop the ball, not hit the hands and go up. Yeah, so the one you're talking about, I think, is the Evan Ingram one where he dropped it and Shaquille Griffin picked it off. That didn't even touch Evan Ingram, I don't think. I think it bounced off Shaquille, yeah, Shaquille Quarterman and then Shaquille Griffin picked it off. But the receivers did not drop the ball today. Got to give them credit on that. Irish Jags fan says, has Ben Barch had any reps with the ones? No. That has been one of the surprises of camp early on is that they talked about Ben Barch being in competition at left guard, but it's been on the interior. It's been Luke Fortner. It's been Tyler Shatley, and it's been Brandon Scherf. Robert says, Josh Allen is going back to the Pro Bowl, I think. Yeah, so you don't want to go too overboard with what you're seeing in training camp, but based on his skill set, based on the flashes we saw last year and the six or eight game stretch he had in the middle of the season where he was one of the more dominant defensive ends in football, defensive ends slash outside linebackers. And now he's got Trayvon Walker opposite him. He's got more talent in the middle. I think uh, a better situation overall. I definitely think Josh Allen should be in contention for the Pro Bowl this year. He needs to be playing at a Pro Bowl level. That's That should be the expectation for him. And it certainly is his expectation. Shy says, Tyson Campbell says he's going to be a Pro Bowler this season. There's no reason he shouldn't be. And <laughs> last few practices, they just haven't even been testing him. He's been the no-fly zone on his side of the field. Tyson's been awesome. 
Timmy says people were laughing at Chase on's get off. It's a little jump that he does on the the bull rush. Not sure what you're talking about there. Uh, Eric says, I believe that week one is a huge game to set the tone for the rest of the season for us. For a team not expected to do much, it's just so important that we don't lose that game, gaining some momentum. So it is funny that when you look at this, yeah, you do think you want to definitely beat Washington. Doug Peterson wants to beat Carson Wentz. Um, you know, all that fun stuff. But, you know, the 1-15 in 15, uh, Jaguars, they won their first game of the regular season and they lost the rest of them. So you want to win in week one. You want to set the tone. But either way, it's not going to make or break the season if you have a, a mentally strong football team. Yeah, John says, I'm sure this, we said that two years ago, LOL, talking about winning that first game. Yeah. C says, Josh Allen about to get the bag. He should, absolutely. He deserves it. Gerald says, it would be nice to win game one on the road, especially with Chase out. Yeah, so if you guys didn't see, Chase Young will not be available for the Commanders in week one against the Jaguars, which will help, but they've still got Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and and Duran Payne up front. They're, they're no slouches. They're still going to be a tough front to deal with. Zach is whack says, yo, yo, glad to catch live. Glad you're here, Zach is whack. I don't think you're whack, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got for y'all today. Um, I'll do a longer stream a little bit later in the week, but I got a busy schedule today. I've got Relevant coming up, DeLugo on Duval at 2 p.m. today, where I'll be talking about the standout players from the first two padded practices. And I think it is a big difference once you get the pads on. And it's it's definitely more of a real a, a real real football practice, right? You've got pads on, you're hitting, you're getting after it. I'll, I'll answer this one last question here. Omar says starting D-line week one. I think when you're in your base package, you're looking at Bully Fatsu Kasi, Roy Robertson Harris and Malcolm Brown on the defensive line. And then Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker at outside linebacker also on the line of scrimmage. And then when you look at um, when you're just trying to uh, get after the passer and it's you know clear passing situation, third and long, whatever it may be, you're trying to get after the passer. I think the lineup is Dewan Smoot and Arden Key in the interior and then Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen outside of them. That's what you would see in that situation, I think, which is exciting. The defensive front is as good as it's been since the, you know, since the Calais Campbells and those guys were here. It's, it's better than it's been in a couple of years for sure. It's deeper like Arden Key and Dewan Smoot as rotational pass rushers. That's such a difference than what you've seen here over the last couple of years. And Adam Gotsis as well. I think Roy Robertson Harris is having a really good camp. Um, there's just a lot of really good football players in that defensive front. And you love to see it. And that's going to help out the offensive line. Even if the offensive line isn't uh, up to the challenge really of consistently beating that defensive front, it's going to get them ready for some of the tougher defensive fronts they'll play during the season. So I think uh, iron sharpens iron. I know that's an old adage, but I think it's true in this in this scenario, in this situation. 
but that will do it here today. Appreciate everyone so much for tuning in. It means a lot to me. Uh, make sure to hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. I have all my updates. Everything I'm seeing from training camp is going straight to Twitter at Jordan DeLugo and at Generation Jag for Generation Jaguar. Hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube and check genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. And again, this hat's going to be dropping tomorrow morning, I believe, and I'll be live at 2 p.m. today on the relevant app talking about the biggest standout performers of padded practice so far. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a good one, Duval. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.